Thanks for joining us for another Family Life Today program brought to you Monday to Friday by Power to Change. I'm sure you'll hear something today that could give you a fresh perspective on your marriage or family situation. Be encouraged as we join Dave and Ann Wilson. So 30 plus years ago when we moved to Detroit to be the Detroit Lions chaplain. I remember that. You remember that. You were there. <laughs> I was there. I remember, uh, you know, being real excited, NFL team, new city, new ministry. Um, and Done I remember. Seminary. Yeah. Yeah. Just finished seminary and here's what God had for us. And I remember our buddy Pat Ritchie was just named the San Francisco 49ers chaplain good friend of mine. Yeah. And I said, dude, you're going to like the losingest team ever. I feel so bad for you, man. The 49ers are terrible. They're never going to win anything. Well, 30 plus years later, Pat Ritchie has five Super Bowl rings. <laughs> oh, no. And but you're not I bitter. have zero. No. <laughs> I have one playoff win in 33 years. And I'm just telling you, that was not part of my plan. Mm. I thought, you know, I'm going to go to a team that's going to win. And it's going to be just, you know, I'm going to be a Super Bowl winning chapter. It really bothers you, doesn't it? You yeah. bring it up often. <laughs> I just can't believe that was what God had for yeah. us. And now it's over, you know, and they're still losing and they can't blame the chaplain because they used to blame me that oh, I wasn't a good enough chaplain. But no, the reason I thought of it is so many of us have stories where here's yeah. what my plan is. Mm-hmm. Why isn't God matching up? And it mm-hmm. seems different. And we have uh, Kristen and Bethany uh, back in the studio with us who wrote a book called Not Part of the Plan. And it's exactly... What so many of us have experienced. Yeah. So anyway, welcome back. We we really enjoy having you guys back at Family Life today. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We listened yesterday. We've kind of gotten into their yeah. stories yeah, a little I, bit. Yeah, I, I got to notice you did laugh when you heard how you know how many games we've lost in Detroit. <laughs> oh, they must I was be. just thinking of all of the rewards you have in heaven oh, for serving the Lord. Or they're cowboy fans and they can't relate to Ooh. what you said. Yeah, they are now, from Texas. We are more basketball girls. You know, being oh. from the tall family, yes. 6'1 and all, we're kind of more the basketball. We love the Spurs. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, Kristen it. Clark and Bethany Beal are sisters and they have a ministry together and you've written five books. Yeah. called Girl Defined, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have a podcast. You speak around the country, you do yeah. conferences, you really are having a ministry. How would you, if you had to say it quickly, what does this ministry do? Mm. Yeah, we help girls and women all over the world discover God's design for their womanhood. That's yeah, I saw one of you, I saw you guys talking on one of your podcasts or YouTube and you had a sweatshirt on that I still remember. I'm, I know I'm going to get the exact phrase wrong, but it defined what I think Girl Defined is. Tell me if I'm right. Mm. It said... Uh, the one who designed you should define you or something like that. Our best-selling shirt. And really? Yeah. So he's a pastor and he wore Say it exactly how it the is. The one who designed you gets to define you. Yeah. So we feel extremely passionate at Girl Defined not to water that down, not to be afraid, not to be ashamed because, you know, Christ obviously is our strength. He is our boldness. And we want other women to know, like, it doesn't matter if you feel so weak. Christ, he is your strength. He is strong when you are weak and you can follow him. You can live for him. And that's truly where true, like, purpose and peace and worth and value is found and are all of us looking for that in so many different places mm-hmm. and, you know, striving after whatever it is because we want to have value we want to have worth so 
our entire ministry is just focused on that. Like there is, you know, God, he loves you so much and he has a plan for your life, but he also has so much to say in his word that is extremely clear. And we're confusing ourselves by like, did he really say? And then we wonder why life is so confusing. Like, mm-hmm. And yet you're also saying, basics, you know, that when you follow those ways, that's where you'll find freedom. That's exactly. where you'll find meaning. That's where you'll yeah. find hope. Yeah. Let's talk about the identity piece that you just brought up a yeah. little bit, because as we talked yesterday, I mean, that part of the plan is all about how his plan didn't match up with your yeah. own plan. I mean, mm-hmm. We've experienced that, too. I mean, I'm making a joke about Detroit Lions, but in real life, there's hard things yes. that, that we struggle. We go totally. through the dark. We're angry. We talked yesterday about uh, miscarriages and fertility. You yeah. get pregnant where you're on your third miscarriage. Yeah. There's anger. There's disappointment. So talk about understanding your identity. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, the designer def- defines you yeah. in the middle of tragedy because it feels yeah. like if you don't know that you're in trouble but if you do you can walk through it because mm-hmm. the tragedy will define you exactly oh, yes oh yeah well and i think we also believe the lie that if we are following god that yeah. life will be easy yeah so we think if i put my identity in christ then everything is going to go my way kind of like god is a vending machine and you see a whole movement of people leaving the faith based off of that like oh you know this was so damaging to me. Like I saved sex for marriage. I never got married. And look now, you know, I didn't get that thing I wanted. And, and so we kind of view God through this lens of, I put this in, he gives me this out and life can be so disappointing when we view God through that way. And I know mm-hmm. that was so hard for you, yeah. you know, dealing with that, like, God, are you even good? You know? Right. Right. Cause in my mind, the good life was to have children, just have biological children, to start a family with my husband. That was my dream that the Bible calls children a blessing. So I'm thinking, God, I'm praying a biblical prayer here. Why aren't you answering? And then when you give me this desire, I get pregnant, then you just take it away. So it really tested my identity. Like, what do I believe about God? And I think that's the biggest question is Mm. our identity starts with what we believe about God, Mm. who we believe God truly is. Because when the fires come, when the valleys come, when the trials, the unfulfilled longings, the prayers that seem like they're unanswered and we're praying them year and year on end and nothing's changing, really, it puts to the test, what do we actually believe about God? And I know for me, after my third miscarriage, which I thought for sure that one was going to stick, the help the pregnancy was so healthy, saw the heartbeat at eight weeks. My doctor was saying, wow, everything looks great. Um, hormones, everything was on track. And so for the first time in my entire marriage, it was eight years at this point, had those two early miscarriages, I started to hope. Uh, and I started to think hmm. this is the one yeah. that's going to stick. Hmm. I was still a little hesitant to fully go there. I didn't want to think about names, you know, because I was too scared. I didn't want to think about baby showers and just like taking it one day at a time. But I started to hope. Hmm. And so when I opened opened up my heart to hope again. And then at 11 weeks, I went into my doctor's appointment and she said, I'm so sorry, there's no longer a heartbeat. That news hit me like a gut punch to my chest, like nothing ever had. And I went home and I remember my identity was shaken because what I started doing is questioning everything I knew about Mm -hmm. God. It didn't, it wasn't so much about me, but God, who are you? Why would you allow this to happen? You say you're good in scripture, but there's nothing good about this. You say you're Mm -hmm. kind. This is cruel. Mm -hmm. And what I was doing was filtering God's character through the lens of my circumstances rather than filtering my circumstances through the lens of God's character, right? Did you catch that? Such a difference. And so everything I was feeling, the real loss, the Mm -hmm. real pain, the grief, I grew up in church. I was a believer from a young age, and I just remember feeling almost scared, like, 
where am I going to land? Like, I don't even know how to process Mm. this and who is God. And I know from my heart what I had to do to remember my identity in Christ and to remember who God was is I literally Google searched names and attributes of God. Who is God? Because I I couldn't even remember. Mm. And I found a 30-day devotional, basically praying through the names and attributes of God one day Mm -hmm. at a time. And I knew, I was like, if I don't do something, I am going to just land in a pit and never get out of this. And so just one foot in front of Mm -hmm. the other, I needed truth to inform my emotions about who God was. And I would take one attribute, one name of God for one day, and I would read it and I would meditate on it. And I would read all of the scripture that this little devotional Mm -hmm. had listed out for where to read about that name or attribute of God. And where was your heart at that time? At first, were you just doing it because yes just going through the motions yeah feeling almost numb it's like I didn't even want to open my bible because I was so angry at God that I'm like I don't even want to give you the time of day Mm. how could you say you're good this is so painful and it really was it was just a step of I know in the depths of my heart that God is who he says he is I'm going to try to lead my emotions by his truth but I don't even know if anything's going to change but it is amazing when God's word says that it it is living and active Mm. it changed my heart slowly one day at a time for 30 days I'm telling you by the end of those 30 days I wasn't completely over my grief or the loss I mean the longing it's still there it was still painful but my soul was revived did it take you a while yeah, yeah. for the feelings mm-hmm. or the emotions to come back? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like the love for God. Yeah. I would say after 30 days of just reading about who God is and his character and asking God to help me believe that. Yeah. You, know, you had even, to lament and right, grieve. Yes. I, and still, and there's a healthy process of that. But I think a, a prayer we can pray for anyone who's in the midst of that valley is just to say, help my unbelief. Yeah. I don't even want to believe yeah. this about you, but this is who you say you are. And you even say that you can turn my ashes into beauty, that you can make good out of what mm. feels so bad. And you see all of these stories in scripture where God has done that. But for your story, you're like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if God can do this. So I just remember even praying, help my unbelief. Help me to believe that you are who you say you are. And God wants to answer those Mm. kind of prayers. And he did over many weeks, many months. It's a long journey. It's not an instant fix, but God, he does draw near to the brokenhearted, even when we don't feel it. I know looking back now, he was never far away. Mm -hmm. And that's where you found your identity in the midst of crisis. Yeah. And here's a question from a husband. Talk to us guys who are maybe watching our wife, sister, mother, but I'm thinking of, of our wife. Go mm-hmm. through something like that. And, mm-hmm. I, and again, I'm not saying we're not going through it, yeah. but we're just your partner. How mm-hmm. do we, what's, what can we do? What mm-hmm. shouldn't we do? What should we do to help a woman go through something that's dark? What do you mm-hmm. think, Bethany? I mean, now that I have personal experience, I wish I didn't, but I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think, you know, me and my husband, it hasn't been that long for us. So we are still having those conversations and there's still a lot of moments that are just very hard and raw. But we were just talking the other day and I was saying it's hard because the woman is the one who physically with a lot of these, you know, at least pregnancy losses, that sort of thing. She's physically going through it. And there are regular monthly reminders like, you know, your dream is not a reality. Um, and so I think for me, it's been very important to communicate to my husband um, mm. what is helpful because he is so loving and he wants to be there for me, but he doesn't always know exactly how because he, you know, might bring it up and I might just burst into tears. So he's like, should I bring it up? Should I not bring it up? You know, and mm-hmm. so we've had those conversations like, hey, it's really, really helpful for me, especially when we're at home in a safe, private setting 
for you to ask me about my heart. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, what are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Um, Just to really dig in and show me that he cares in that way and that he still feels, you know, because for him, he does think about it and he does care, but he often isn't expressing it in the same way that I am. And so I wonder, I'm like, does he even care anymore? Is he just moved on? Are we on to the next thing? Or we'll talk about, you know, with friends, what the past year looked like. And I'm like, the biggest things in my years were that we had two miscarriages. Like that's, that was the hardest thing that happened. That was, you mm-hmm. know, when we're talking about like, well, it was, you know, the pandemic and an interesting year. And I'm like, yes, but we lost yeah, two babies, you, you know, about our baby. Mm-hmm. So it's really important for like, for us to, to communicate about that. And for me to tell him, like, I need to hear how you feel. I need to hear what you're thinking. I need you to ask me, especially in private, how I'm feeling and to just know like one week I might be doing great and I'm like this is amazing I have all these dreams and ambitions and hopes and I'm gonna do all this stuff and he's like wow you know you're, you're doing better you're over it week, yeah, yeah yeah it comes crashing down and so just explaining yeah. that to him I know that can be hard for us as women to always you know open up we just want our husbands to kind of magically understand us sometimes and to know <laughs> you know our feelings and our emotions but for me I've realized I really need to open up and communicate that to him because he does love me and he does care about me and I think that's true for so many husbands especially those that are listening right now who are saying, I want to love my wife well. I want to love my family well. You know, I think just asking her, how can I love you through this? How can I support you through this? When do you want me to ask you about this? <laughs> how can I communicate in a way that helps you to know I do care? You know, I may not express it in the same way you do, but this impacts me too. I am sad. And just communicating about that, I feel like has drawn the two of us so much closer together. Mm -hmm. And I know that he cares and that he thinks about it. And he knows now when to ask me about it. You know, if we're in like the middle of church or the middle of a friend's house, he's like, hey, babe, how are you doing with the miscarriage? And I'm like, oh, please not know, you know. So communicating about that has been really helpful Mm -hmm. for us in our experience. Yeah, I mean, that was like a clinic. The last couple minutes to a guy. I'm I'm thinking there's some guy just was handed from his wife. Hey, listen to this podcast. He's like, oh, one of the things you said, Bethany, was, you know, ask me how I'm doing. Here's what I thought, because Ann said to me, said that to me in good times as well as dark times. You know, she said, if we go on a date, if you just looked across the table and said, so how are you? She goes, I might tear up because you don't ask me enough. I'm like, I sort of don't want to know. I'm hoping you're fine, right? (laughs) Like, we're good, right? Okay, good. Let's go to a movie. You know, sometimes that's what we want to do to avoid it. But it was just Mm -hmm. like in in the darkness for sure. But even in the times that things are good, it's like, honey, how are you? And how are we? Yeah. Is that the same thing you would say, Kristen? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so interesting after the first miscarriage. We were two years married and still have a long way to go in our marriage, just growing and learning and understanding each other. But we learned after that first one that the way a man grieves and the mm-hmm. way a woman grieves is so different. And I felt a lot of the same things that Bethany just described. Like, you know, I felt like he was moving on pretty quick. And mm. and later on, as we dug deeper and I, I was feeling pain from his, almost like he was avoiding the topic, yeah. not bringing it up. And he's and he just honestly said, I just felt like every time I brought it up, you would cry and I didn't want to make you cry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so just like Bethany said, that communication. Yeah. And then as the wife being okay with your husband grieving in a different way than you, yeah. I started feeling a little bit bitter in my heart. I remember toward my husband because I wanted him to express his grief in the same way, because yeah. then that would communicate to me, oh, he 
he's grieving just as deeply, but we had many heartfelt conversations and he just said, you know, I mean, think about a typical week. Like you probably cry more than me <laughs> in general, <laughs> thinking that's probably true. I cry 20 times, maybe hundred to your everyone. You know, you cry once a year, I cry a hundred times a year just for whatever is going on in life. And so it's true. We grieve differently. And I had to learn to be okay with that. Mm. I know for women that can be hard because we want to see a certain thing and feel like, okay, we're on the same page. And if it looks different, we feel like we're disconnected. Yeah. So communication was huge for us as well. And, and is there a way, uh, you shared earlier about you sort of digging out by studying the attribute to God yeah. over 30 days by yourself. Is there a way as a couple, mm-hmm. when you're going through something hard together, you can dig out together? What, what thoughts do you mm-hmm. have on that? I mean, for the two of us, my husband is incredible at leading us in prayer, and that's something I'm really grateful for hmm. um, and something he's done from the beginning. So throughout this time, he's been amazing, you know, in the morning, in the evening. It doesn't have to be long, drawn out, you know, hour sessions of crying out to God, <laughs> but just praying and, and trusting our future. Also, just, you know, him leading us and reminding like, hey, look, we have, you know, our little son, Davy and this is so amazing. And, you know, there's, mm-hmm. you know, just even bringing those bright spots, like remembering there are some joyful things going on. But I would say for, for us personally, him leading in prayer and not being awkward about it, not being weird about it, just saying, hey, let's do this. Can I pray for us? Can I pray for you? Do you want to pray? That's been really, really helpful. And then something else we just started um, that's been really helpful in connecting the two of us is we're going through just a year devotional. And it's not a huge commitment. It's, you know, shorter. We have a toddler. So our times alone for, you know, Bible time together aren't that long. Sometimes the toddler jumps on the head in the middle of it and it's fine. (laughs) But it's really simple, very short commitment. We're doing one by Tim Keller through the Psalms. And it's just a great way to bring up conversation. The Psalms have so much emotion in them. So it's been amazing just to see like, wow, emotion is good. But, you know, the psalmist and the psalms, they always go back, but God, but God Mm. is our strength, but God is good. He is our refuge. And so that in particular, going through a hear devotional through psalms has been so healthy and healing. It's drawing us together, reminding us, hey, we're in this together. We're on the same team. Mm -hmm. You kind of want to remember there are some good things in life too. So just having those moments where we can connect, that's been helpful for us. But I know you went through an amazing book Mm -hmm. um, that really helped you and Zach. Yeah, and I know there could be some wives listening who may think, well, my husband isn't an incredible leader. Yeah, he would never do that. He would never initiate. And I think, you know, you can initiate in the marriage and say, honey, I am struggling. I want to pull together, but I'm struggling to even know how to do that. Can we do something together? And even bringing it up. And I know for me, I was the one after the third miscarriage when we both felt so shattered and so Hmm. broken and confused. Um, We'd had practice grieving together. So I will say we were a lot better the third time, just navigating that process as a married couple. But I remember looking Mm -hmm. over at my husband and just saying, I need to do something that's going to fuel my heart. Like that's going to give me hope because I was doing the attribute study on my own, but together as a couple, I said, what can we do? Can we mm-hmm. right now, can we get on Amazon and buy a book, buy a study, mm-hmm. something that's going to help us as a couple know how to walk through this grief together. And so he literally got on, you know, some different Christian websites and started looking up resources for grief. And we ended up ordering a book on Amazon in that moment. It came in the next day and we just started reading it together and we would sit down and we would just read a chapter at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, we had had, he took off work. So we had some time and we devoured that book. Mm-hmm. I think in like a week, just mm-hmm. reading, sitting down, reading a chapter and it was life giving because it was yeah. all about finding hope in the midst of loss, in the midst of a tragedy. And us 
reading this gospel hope together as a couple and then talking about it and then crying and working through the emotions that was so healing Mm. for us. And it really gave us tracks to run on. I know as couples, sometimes we feel like we're spinning off in different directions. It brought us together and gave us a clear path of how we could move forward together as a couple. So wives listening, don't be shy to even say, hey, honey, can we find something Mm. that we can go through together? Because I need that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really wise that you were very vulnerable and said, I'm really needing something. Mm -hmm. I'm really... I'm really struggling here because if we approach our husbands like, hey, here's what we need to be doing, or why aren't you leading me? Yeah. She, she never ever did that. <laughs> oh, I've never done that. Yeah. But I think it's wise to say, I need you yeah. right now, and it would help me if we could do something together. And I, and I think as men, we love to be needed. Yeah. There's something in us that wants to rescue, that wants yeah. to be there when our wife says, hey, you should do this. We're like, oh. But when she says, I'm needing. Yes. Not I need you. I need help here. I think most of us are like, okay. I want to help. I want to help, and I can help. I can meet you where you are and take us vertical. I mean, we wrote a book called Vertical Marriage, which is Mm. like take your marriage vertical. And I think that is what you're saying. It's like just go vertical. There's a lot of things you can do horizontally, and they're good. We can go to a counselor. We can help one another out. But when you turn vertical and look up and say, God, we need you. We need help. And when a man leads his wife there, or even when the wife initiates it, something changes because now the supernatural is accessed and the Holy Spirit can say, okay, I'm going to go somewhere in your heart and your soul that you're not able to get to. I'm going to go there. And to go there as a couple, even though it's hard and maybe it's a lament together, even Mm -hmm. an angry prayer. Mm -hmm. But if you go together, something intimate happens. Mm -hmm. It's deeper than anything because you're going through something hard together. But when you do it together vertically, he meets you right there. It could be prayer. I know for Ann and I, when she was going through the death of her sister, it was putting in a worship song on Mm -hmm. and listening. There were times she couldn't sing the words, but just cried through it. And it was like, here we go. We're going vertical and God's meeting us right there. So I would say to a man that's listening right now, maybe your wife told you to listen today. I'm speaking to you and say, man, you be the guy. You be the man in her life that says, honey, I want to lead you and I want to meet you where you are. Let's invite Jesus Mm -hmm. into this and see what he wants to do. Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you'd like to listen to today's program again, visit our website families.powertochange.org.au and select the podcast tab where you will find the previous fortnight's programs available. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today.